Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Bird's Eye View, where we connect the past to the present in order to understand what is going on in the Black community and what makes the Black community unique. This is a very special episode of Bird's Eye View because I wanted to see, I wanted to do a special episode because with everything going on with COVID-19, with the protests, with the Black Lives Matter movement, with George Floyd and everything that is going on, I felt like this would this is a needed episode to kind of help people to cope and help people to kind of release some aggression and some thoughts and ideas that we all have. I know for myself that I have been trying to deal with all of this and I've had my good days and my bad days, but I wanted to do this episode. So here with me today, I actually have uh, my boyfriend, Will, who's wearing the Black America um, flag mask. And with us also is his brother, Brian, who's also one half of a podcast called On the Ride Up. So, hi guys. Hey, what's going on? Hey, everything is good, yes. <laughs> so, I wanted to first do kind of a, a check-in with both you, Brian, and Will, because I know We've been doing, you've been seeing all the protests across the, all of the 50 states and 18 countries. People have been protesting about George, George Floyd and all these other people that have been, um, um, you know, victimized by uh, police brutality. So I want to get kind of your thoughts on, like, how are you guys doing mentally? How are you coping with this? Like, what are your, your thoughts? Um, you know, it's, it depends. Ends. Like um, this morning, I watched the, the Dave Chappelle's special 846 and made me angry again. <laughs> like, not angry again, because I'm all underlined. There's always this, you're always thinking about what's going to happen, like, what's next. Like, is this going to be the one that changes things uh, or that gives us some more meaningful change and not this incremental, slow footed? um barely anything there change and um that's that kind of makes me angry too so it's kind of like the james baldwin quote i'm gonna i'm gonna paraphrase is being a black black a conscious black man in america is, is a constant state of rage so it's kind of like underlying and you can you can combine that with the mcu with i'm always angry with bruce banner is all like it's always there it's always at some point there we just um you know, a new viral video just exposes it to a little, you know, more people. And so for whatever reason, this this um, galvanized, or for a couple, few reasons, this galvanized uh, more white people, more just different, you know, more of a diverse crowd to to to, you know, join in. And that's 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 positive, and and it, and hopefully we can steer that into a direction where more positive change happens than you know, what's been the status quo. Yeah, I just want to, you know, I agree with Brian that it's kind of a thing that's always constant on your, on your mind. Um, <clears throat> and you just learn, learn to compartmentalize the, um, what's happening around you. There's only way to really function because if you don't compartmentalize it, you kind of end up just, you're always going to be angry or down or something. So um, I'm, I am 
happy on one hand to see the people see such so many people actually rally around it um to the point where it seems you know seems on some level different than what it has the the it has been but um it always weighs on you um especially being a black man and feeling like you're one of the targets yeah um it's interesting that you say that you um you know put it on different boxes and stuff but i think one thing that is one where people are more so now paying attention is because one we have the time like you know with covid 19 happening things are shut down i know the country is starting to open back up but there are a lot of places where we are still shut down and so you can't go to the movies you can't go to the malls you can't really do anything to kind of take your mind off of what is happening so you have no choice to kind of just sit at home and scroll through the timeline and see what's going on and deal with what is happening um because like we all know that this is nothing new like yeah. people get, have been getting killed like all the time but now now we're where you know the country is shut down and we have no choice but to kind of deal with it head on because even with myself i was kind of like the other day I'll say, why, why am I, why is this now just really, really hitting me? And I think it was because I actually have the time to sit down and really think about what is going on mm -hmm. and trying to figure out like, well, what can I do to make a difference? Like, how can I, you know, show my support for my fellow brothers and sisters and deal with my feelings, but at the same time, realizing that we're still in a pandemic and not wanting to expose myself to the virus. Because to be honest with you, I haven't gone out and protested. And I don't plan on going out and protesting because of the, of the pandemic. So like, have you guys gone out and protested? If, if so, like, what was it like? If not, you know, tell me your, your, your thoughts or feelings even behind doing that or not doing that. Um, I have not this time. Um, like in 2012, we were sad and angry at, with Trayvon. In 2014, we were sad and angry with Mike Brown and then Philando and then like John Crawford. And then, so it's kind of like, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm not, I'm not, I don't like the emphasis on togetherness with kneeling down with police. I'm not kneeling down with no police. I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not with that. <laughs> I want action. You know what I mean, and I, I don't, I don't think it's healthy for me to be out, you know, in a place where they're going, you know, spray tear gas at you and, and rubber bullets because I'm, I'm, I want that action. That's how. That's the. <laughs> you know what I mean, so it's, it's, um, it's, and, and the, the, I'm just not. If I'm not like aligned with you as far as, I, I, nonviolence is cool. Nonviolence is cool. Nonviolent protests is cool. It lets it, it, it's done a lot of. A lot of good. It passed the Civil Rights Act. I understand that, but um, we're still there's still people talking about this isn't systemic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like come on. I don't want to argue with nobody. I'm not arguing with nobody no more. It's not systemic. Yeah. It's, if if you think it's not systemic, cool. Get out the way. Move around. Right. Um, I, I'm just I'm. Yeah, I haven't done it. My my uh, Felicia did was out there in Arlington, and and it looked beautiful. It looked like you know, 
what needs to happen. But um, yeah, my daughter has done it. I have not yet, uh, and I would have went there with her to do it with her if I was uh, available, was doing something else at that moment. But um, during the time frame that it was going on, um, I support the people who protest. Um, I do feel like a little bit like Brian. I think my mental, where I am mentally, um, the walking around <laughs> around people who I think might be my enemies, um, not the protesters of themselves. I'm talking about their, the people who come against the protesters. Makes you want to do something that isn't going to necessarily be productive. So. Yeah, and, and I mean, I can understand that because I know a lot of us, a lot of us are just, are just tired. Like we're yeah, just tired. We're, we're, we're tired as a people because we feel like, we feel like things are not going to change. Or like for me, because one, because of the pandemic, but then two, because of, you know, safety and everything. But for me, I feel like I can do more good by using my platform, using my business. I've been trying to blog more. I've been trying to, you know, educate people about, you know, you know, racism and, you know, white privilege and everything that, that to the reason why people are protesting, because yes, it is more than George Floyd and, you know, Breonna Taylor and everybody that has been killed, but this has been a systemic problem. It's, it's rooted into the government is rooted into history, is rooted into slavery when the first slaves were brought over here in 1619. Like it's it's bigger than that. And I think now because we are forced to, the country is forced to stop. We're literally, we're forced to stop. So now people are actually listening. Well, some people, but majority of people are actually listening because I mean, and, and, and I've had like my white friends that call me uh, one of my best friends who's white, we end up having like a two and a half hour conversation about just different things. And at the end of the day, she was letting me know that, you know, that she, that I have her support. Um, I've had um, some of my supervisors that called me to make sure that I was okay. And, you know, it is one of those things where also on social media, there was something that I posted about white privilege and people were coming after me about that. So it's, it's, it's to a point where, yes, I want to educate people, but I also want, but there are also people out there that don't want to listen, but I can't let the small, the few do, to, uh, do that and stop me. So, I mean, that's, and that's how I decide to, in my protests, it's, you know, buying black, looking for black businesses to support. So, I mean, I did a post not too long ago about all these black businesses. I bought, um, I bought some toothbrushes, toilet paper, toothpaste, all this stuff from all black businesses, because I want to show my support and solidarity with my brothers and my sister, but, and helping people to understand that why is it important to, you know, support the black businesses? Why is it um, important for, if you choose so, to go protest and to speak out against racism and to speak out and, and how can you use your white privilege? Because that's almost a superpower is white privilege. And, and time and time again, white privilege shows its, its, its head. And it's interesting because when I see the news or I see certain posts or read certain comments, I'm thinking to myself, and that is white privilege. <laughs> because um, 
something simple as I think the other day I saw a post that somebody was upset because Etsy um, had made like a whole black like support black uh, small black business page like they made a whole page for Etsy and somebody was upset about that because they felt like it was honing in on their small business because this is a time where for COVID, small, all small businesses are hurting and you know, this, that, the other, why do you have to do this right now? And I'm like, okay, so that is your white privilege coming through. If you have to figure out, if you have to, if you're worried about them making a page about black businesses, honing in on your, on your business, that's all you care about, then you're not, you're not getting it. You don't see the bigger picture, the bigger picture. But so your white privilege, is saying, oh, I'm worried about my, my small business, which is understandable. But at the same time, it's like, do you understand why Etsy made a whole page for Black-owned businesses? Do you understand why they did that? It wasn't because they were trying to rain on your parade. That, that, that wasn't it at all. And then it was funny because I went on Etsy's page where they made that announcement, and you should have seen some of the comments. I mean, they were calling oh, yeah. Etsy, they were calling Etsy racist by making this page and trying to describe they, they were saying oh now you discriminate against white people and i'm just like what and so you know, i was just like it was it was crazy they, they they are miseducated just as we're miseducated and it's it's a shame um but at this point my gift isn't isn't in teaching because i'm not the, i don't have no pay i don't have the patience the, the, mm -hmm. the, the everything is out there for you yeah. Go read um the new Jim Crow. Go go read. Um go read. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and that's my it point exactly right like it is out there, but sometimes people don't want to and, and we talk about this all the time, what it means to be ignorant. Being ignorant means that you just don't know. There are things that I don't know, there are things that white people don't know, there are things that everybody don't know. But I guess what makes mm -hmm. me upset and those times that people would come against me when I'm talking about like white privilege is that they associate white privilege with white supremacy. Those are two totally different things. And affluence. The things are, are correlated, but the problem is, which I guess they're not seeing is, um, but just because they're a correlation doesn't mean you as an individual are racist. So when you call somebody uh, or tell let somebody know that they have white privilege, that they're they have an issue because they think that I'm specifically saying you're racist. And that's not the case. That's not what right. I'm saying. I'm saying white supremacy causes and allows for your white privilege. So yes, exactly, exactly. So my my we have my podcast is generally a sports podcast, and um. One thing that's sitting right in front of our faces is uh, Kyle, Shin Kyle Shinahan. They, um, they, they just lost the Super Bowl. But Super Bowl uh, attending coach, his father was Mike Shanahan. Mm. And he's, he got into his position because he had his father. It was nepotism. But, yeah. and that push, that inside, that instills, like, that still, like, it pushes a black candidate out. And it's a seventy percent lead, a black lead. So, and then he had like he quote his quote was I don't know why it, like it was a quote that says I don't understand why this this is happening or whatever. But his job is part of the problem, regardless of if he's qualified or not. 
that's the system. The system perpetuate is already perpetuated. It's already in motion. It doesn't have to be racist. The system's in motion already. But then it was made by racists. This is this is by design. So it's kind of like you don't have to do nothing. All you have to do is it's set on the, on that hill. It's rolling down. The snowball's rolling down. It's all it's yeah. it's happening. So you you can't just not be racist at that point. You have to tear down your white privilege. You have to then tear and be anti. What they call anti. It's getting trendy now. Yeah, they say anti-racist. They say anti-racist, but you that's not what you have to be. You can't you can't just run around and say, oh yeah, I love everybody. I don't see color. That's not right. how it works. No, that doesn't. That's not gonna. That's not gonna do it. That's not how people get. That's not how black people in this country are gonna get equity. And that's so the problem have, with and. Yeah, I was just going to say that that's the problem with when people say all lives matter. Yes, you can be inclusive. You can say all lives matter, but all lives matter. That's a false statement because you got some people out there that can't say that black lives matter. You can't say all lives matter if black lives don't matter to you. So you need to, and I understand why people are trying, like some people, they say that all lives matter because they honestly believe that everyone's life should matter. But when you say all lives matter, it dilutes what the Black Lives Matter movement is all about. Because you literally have people out there that want to gun us down and, and, and they are getting away with it. So they're gonna keep doing it until the system changes. Where you're not gonna get a slap on a wrist or get paid administrative leave while they do their little investigation, you have the video. The man's knee was in the man, the, the man put the, his knee in his neck. Like you can't like you can't deny that. So yeah, no, and, and, turn I, around I and, find, and, then, and then turn around and find them and then find them not guilty. So it's like, well, not guilty yeah. of, of what? Like the man is dead. Somebody killed him. He's died. He's dead. How did he die? <laughs> so yeah, and I, I get that, and that that's all true. Um, people, so there's I guess there's some type of contingent that thinks all lives matter means it's inclusive somehow. But my thing is, like, it's been explained a hundred thousand times. Like, it, it can be simplified just as much. Like, if we're walking for leukemia, does that mean we don't we disrespecting uh, brain cancer or breast cancer? Right, right. That like that, like it's. I've seen that a million times explained a million times, and I just don't understand how you're missing that. That doesn't make any sense to me. So that, that to me. You're being oblivious. You being oblivious to me at this point is you being complicit. That's right. where I'm at. That's so. I mean, that's yeah, why, yeah. You know, and for a lot, and for a lot of people who that is, I think that's the case. They're they're being they're oblivious or they're complicit, or or there's some combination of something that's going on in their mind where they don't want to be a part of what's happening. So this is how they this is how they they can. Uh, uh, separate themselves from it, which and it makes it doesn't make any sense. And that is again because it doesn't; it's not affecting them. But again, that is what that it all ties back to white privilege because you have the privilege to want to put that out of your mind. We don't have that privilege. We can't say, "Oh, okay, well, if we don't talk about it, then we don't have to worry about it." If we move to this neighborhood where there's not a lot of black people, then we don't have to worry about that. If we do this or that and the other, then we don't have to worry about it. We don't have that luxury. And so when I say, when people want to know, well, how can I use my white privilege for good? How can I use this superpower? Basically you use it to, to be anti-racist, which means instead of you saying, oh, I'm an inclusive person, 
it means when you see somebody saying something derogatory against people or black people or people of color, when you see um, something, something that's not right going down, then you speak up and say something about it. You don't just, you just don't pretend you don't hear or see it. So and boycott and boycott yeah. uh, companies that aren't on 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 toe like they like they like um um I'm talking Carlson's losing uh, sponsors right now. The only reason, the only way that could happen is is if white people stop. Like we're we're mm -hmm. we're not is that we don't have like we we can go back and forth about the buying power of the black of, of black people in this country, but at the same mm -hmm. time we don't have that that's the cash. That's not there. Like, the, right. the ready, steady cash is not there. Is not, the numbers aren't going to be there. Like they, they can push past this. For mm. whatever reason, it seems like a lot of uh, the, the because of the attention of that George Floyd's case has gotten. Um, brands and companies are starting to do what Etsy is doing. Like, like everybody's yeah. doing it, and it's interesting. Um, I don't, I don't quite fully like. We've been talking. We, we've been noticed. We've noticed it for years since mike brown but this is this this whatever reason in 2020 changed something but i don't have the like, i don't have the I, I don't know to read i don't i can't research i don't know what changed other than for the pandemic and people are sitting down and saying hey this is crazy and they've they, they this the only thing they can do is get out on the streets so it mm -hmm. kind of like a, they wake it, it woke white people up to a lot more white people up to do something um, that was more yeah. than you know than usual. So I, I think I don't know. That, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say I think with I think not only with the pandemic, but I think it's because people are truly just fed up. Like we are just done, and so it's to the point where we need things to change and i think too part of it is, is social media now like social media is not what it used to be even 10 years ago so with cell phone cameras i mean there are videos after videos of 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 police brutality and showing what is actually going on and people can't hide anymore and then even with the protests i think it's great to protest but I want to make sure that we don't lose the momentum even when the country starts to open back up because I mean like even here in Maryland next Friday you know the the gyms are back open the malls are back open so things are starting to get back to normal and I think even the movie theaters are opening back up next Friday as well so people are going to go out and go about their lives as much as possible but what I don't want to happen is we lose momentum because now we have stuff to do right. like we we like and so and that's part of and that's part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because at least on my platform I can keep doing what I'm doing like I'm not like you can't you can't go out and protest every single day because you you know you got to make a living you got to pay bills but there are other things that you can do beyond protesting which one of those things is, is to educate yourself and so people want to make sure that they are you know if they want to continue to if you if you if you want to continue to fight you have to educate yourself absolutely and and because I know I, we were having this conversation the other day about when you're in, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, like it's a shame that what we get for black history 
where Black history makes up a lot of American history, we're not taught that in school. Like I didn't have a true Black history class until I got to college. And even then that was an elective. So for a lot of people, for a lot, you, you'll be surprised of like when I'm posting things and when I'm doing my blog and saying certain things, you would be so surprised when people like comment and say, oh, I had no idea this happened. I didn't know this was going on. I didn't know this happened in our history. It did. And that's because they weren't, they weren't taught this. Like, um, one of the things that got a lot of traction on, on my, um, on my social media was I had shared a picture about black women. And when it comes to the medical field, and I was like, you do realize that the father of gynecology, who we deem as the father of gynecology, the only way he was able to even become that was because he experimented on black women as if we were just, you know, rats. And so, because part of what he said was, because black women, we don't feel that kind of, we don't feel that sort of pain. So basically we, we weren't even treated as human. So that's why he literally experimented on black women to become the father of gynecology and what we know about gyne- gynecology today. And so it's, it's, it's things like that that people don't realize. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is atrocity. This is, this, is, this is crazy. And I'm just like, it's true. It's yeah, what it's happened. Facts. It's facts. And it's like, people don't want to believe that this happened in the great, Amer- in the great country of America. But it did. And so, and I think part of, a little bit, I think part of it is too, is because of propaganda. Because we want to teach, just like any other country, you want to teach, you know, the young people that this is a great nation, you should be patriotic, you should be proud of your country. But should we really be proud of this country and its history? When you really look back at the American history, what can we really be proud of? I just, I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's part of the miseducation, the, the steep, uh, especially in, in, in white America, middle America, where it's this American exceptionalism that, right. that runs through uh, everyone's brains. It's a little, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of bit of, to me, propaganda and brainwashing. Um, we're not the best country. We're not a moral compass. Those things, those are fallacies. Those, those aren't real. Um, mm. you can't, uh, so that's one thing. So we look, we look at ourselves as some type of, look at us as a, as far as American citizens. We look at ourselves as some type of moral compass, just, uh, this beacon for democracy. Our, our country isn't a beacon for democracy, especially not in 2020 yeah. for who we have in office. Um, and who's the leader of the Senate at this point. And, and it's not, it's, it's, it's always been this way, but it, nobody really wants to deal and tackle these, these issues and how, how we speak on our country within the country. Like, look at who, how things look outside of the country. You, you watch the, uh, the Australian news broadcast where their, their cameraman got punched in the face when um, Trump was clearing out uh, Lafayette Square. We look like, a, we look like, <laughs> which we, we look like a, a failed nation state. And it's it's been that way for black people. So it's yeah. kind of like it's not a new thing for us, but it's it seems like we're getting some people are waking up to the reality that that this is happening. We're in a kind of a, a spiral. Mm-hmm. But um I, yep, sorry. No, I was just gonna say 
that, and again, it, it comes back to educating because in order to know where you're going, you have to know where you come from. And in order for, for real change to happen in this country, it's going to have to start with people educating themselves and wanting to change, change how we do things, change policies, change who's, change who's in office. And that's why one of the things is, like Will and I, we made a point, and I and I kind of and I was kind of glad when they did it the way they did it this year, even with with the pandemic. Like instead of us going to the voting the voting polls, they actually mail, mailed out our ballots. So Will and I actually had a chance to sit down, look at all the candidates. We actually took the time to research and look at who was running, what mm. their what their standing was, what their policies was, what they believed, and what their platform was. Like we took the time to research. And, and I think if you want real change, you need to research and go out there and vote. And I know that a lot of people don't want to do it or they feel like their vote doesn't matter. But as, especially Black Americans, as Black Americans, we have got to get out and vote because people died. Our people literally died for you to have the right to vote. So if you want real change, yeah, go out there and protest. But then also go to the polls. Make sure you are voting in the primaries. Make sure you are voting in the general election. Make sure, not even the general election, but make sure you are voting for your local elections because it stops. Yeah, it starts at the bottom. That's what I was going to say because people get on on the presidents for uh, uh, he did this. Uh, Trump's doing this for the people or not doing this for the people. Obama's doing this for the people or not doing this for the people. And what people are failing to realize the elections where the stuff is really where business is really being taken care of is mm -hmm. not with um, your executive branch. It's with your legislative branch. Executive right. branch is great and they, they have their purpose and they, they do help get things and push things along. But the problem is people aren't taking the same time out to make sure that the legislative branch, uh, when those elections come around in those off years, that they're voting for the laws, that we're voting for, um, the people, those, ele le those legislative people, they, uh, they're, they're just falling asleep on that end in general. And what ends up happening is, yeah, you voted for the president. Great. You got Obama in there. I'm happy about that. I'm a black guy. He's black. That's great. But then all the other things fall through the cracks. You don't vote for those same people. You don't hold that same standard you forget all about those votes they think obama can do it all by itself like there isn't a senate like there isn't uh congress like there isn't a legislative a city branch. council <laughs> there's there's a whole branch of the legislative branch which actually makes the laws the executives are aren't tasked with making these laws they're signing mm -hmm. off on them so yeah you want to get people in there that you trust that are going to have your interest but if you're not if you're not doing the same thing with the legislative, then all the laws that get that are getting passed and pushed through to the executive for him to sign off on, how are those how are those things going to help you? They're not going to help you. Right. You're, you're, like you. You're missing out on half of what's happening. And that's why too, like I, I encourage people to pay <laughs> really attention to like who's sitting on the city council, even when it comes to the boards of education, who's sitting on the your 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 boards for your your children that's that's that has a say in what the ch what children are being taught and how what the curriculum is like like you you got to pay attention like it's not just about the president and I know that's the time when everybody wants to vote for president 
but you have city council leaders, you have mayors that their decisions, they affect you more than what the president is doing sometimes. And that you'll see more, you'll, you'll see more change. Yeah, most of the time you'll see more change at the mayor's office and at the governor's office, at the city council office, before you'll well, see it, the change trickle down for, from, you know, from the president. So, if we pay more attention to the local elections, pay more attention to the, legis the legislative branch and what they're doing and what they're going on, have going on and who are voting for in that department, you, I would hope, and I don't know if this would be the case, you would see some type of difference in who is running for pres the presidency and available to the presidency because we've changed things on, on a lower level where a person like Trump doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you can't, but, but unfortunately, for too many people, he made sense, and that's because there's a lot of people with no money who think that this is their way of getting fixed. And it, 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 I mean, if you look at it, it didn't fix anything for those people either who voted Trump in. I would like to talk to somebody who, who is happy with Trump and like, yeah, I got everything I wanted from Trump. I guarantee you it's not the poor people who voted him in. No, it's going to be the evangel evangelical Christians that wanted uh, a judge and in, in, in all and or two judges really um in the supreme court um and forsake everything and forsake everything else um just to so, get that just to get that um so yeah no i agree with you. local elections like we're talking about defunding the police that's not the president that's not going to be in you know uh going to a building in the house of representatives that's something that your mayor is going to do Right, and, and your and your city council and your county executive, so um, that's that's definitely important. I understand that like you, there's a certain amount of privilege to talk about. Oh, we need to be paying attention when you know people are working two jobs, um, trying to get by. Like the 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 black man, the black person, average black person's uh, wealth is like at eleven thousand. Well, white people's mm -hmm. is like whatever it is. I can't remember, I can't quote it off the top of my head. So that that affords you more time to do things like that, like like being at the meetings, like being at the um the council meetings and things of that nature to keep them uh, accountable. So it's there's there is a certain amount of privilege that uh, that's afforded to certain people to be able to do that. And that's why a lot of older people get you know they they're in the election, they're doing election boards and stuff like that, but. We're, we're still trying to eat <laughs> no that 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 is true Th that is true because and and, and one thing and, and the reason why i say like you know and because because honestly when we got our ballots and we and we were looking at the candidates i looked at will and i was like do you know who any of these people are and me and will and i we didn't know we didn't know I was like, who are these people like yeah. the, the only people the only people that i knew about or, or known about was who was running for mayor of Baltimore. And that mm -hmm. was because I see it every day on the TV. Like I, and I don't even live in Baltimore, so I can't even vote for <laughs> for the mayor right. of Baltimore. But it's like, I hadn't really seen any of these people campaign. And I don't know if that's really because of they weren't doing like TV or because of the pandemic. But, and, and that's why I made a point to, to do my research because I'm just not gonna vote just to vote. Like, so even if I can't go to the council meetings, um, which I haven't gone to any council meetings, but again, if I can at least look up who these people are and look at their platforms and kind of look at their record, then I can make some sort of an informed decision. Um, right. Because 
because yeah you're right because if you got people that are you know working two two and three jobs trying to put food on the food on the table for their kids like i feel like if if anything it you can you know try to do your research and go out there and vote if that means Absolutely. that you know you have to go out to the library and use a library computer to do some research or just even talking to people even just trying to find out okay who can I call to talk to? Let me talk to this person and see what this person is all about. Um, but on the on the flip side of that, the one thing because of you know the local government recently, um, just the other day or yesterday, Brianna um, Brianna Taylor, the the woman, twenty six year old woman who was killed in Kentucky, they actually just made passed a law. This was local where they passed a mm -hmm. the law. Now they don't have the no knock warrant anymore. So. That is one of the, that's just an example of some of the things that can change at a local level where you can change the way that police are doing certain things. And mm -hmm. so we need more, we need more of those laws and more of the right people in office to make those changes. Um, and trying to figure out like, in making it okay for people to say that, hey, I can speak out against cops, like, because I think I was seeing something about how I guess cops are afraid. It's like, oh, I'm being, I'm being filmed, but if I say, hey, Bob, you should stop handling that guy like that, then again, because you are being filmed, it makes, it becomes, you become liable. So they just stand aside and just let whatever happened happen because they don't want to give, you know, people the leeway to say, oh, well, now you're liable because they told you mm -hmm. to stop, but you didn't stop. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I just, I just feel like one of the reasons why I wanted to do this conversation is because I just felt like I wanted to at least have a way and use my platform to kind of voice my opinions and voice my concerns and talk about what is going on in today and trying to think about solutions to, well, how can we rectify the problem or try to make some changes where you know, that's going to be better for Black Americans and people of color and trying to really educate people because I'm, because you, you guys know me, I'm all about education. So it, it's, it comes from education. And whether it's that if you don't know the resources, you know, find those resources. I know that people have been putting out resources galore on social media now. So you're right, Brian, people do not have an excuse. They do not have an excuse to try to find well, what can they do to make things better? You can visit museums if you want to learn the history and try to figure out like, well, how did we get to the point where we are today? Like, that is nothing new. Like people want to act like, oh, I thought racism was gone. You know, this is not the 1960s. You know, slavery was, you know, over 200 years ago. It's still very prevalent today. Mm -hmm. And like, I wanted people to, under, to understand that. So how, what do you think are some other solutions other than like the policy changing and education? What are some other things that you think that can happen or need to happen? Something that could happen like in the next few months that can happen that could kind of like help things along? Um, what can help things? We, we vote with our money. Um, mm -hmm. We we we're doing like there's there's things going into action like on Juneteenth for or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
and I I'm, I fully support that being a, a more getting more and more a national attention, like being more and more of a national holiday for Black people at least. It needs um, to be a, it needs to be a federal holiday, just like MLK, just like yeah. Thanksgiving. It needs to be a federal holiday. Yeah, and, and it, it's something that I just I just found out about maybe five, six, seven years ago. But in Maryland, it's it, they didn't they didn't get they didn't free their slaves until November first, and then yeah, but um, in, in D.C. they they were out there. There's a whole Emancipation Day, so it's gonna they were out mm-hmm. that that's about around the same time that Lincoln even made the speech. So kind of or before that, um, so. It, Juneteenth is a new concept, but I, I I'm fully supported. I, I I fully support it being a national holiday that Black people uh, galvanize around and 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 do do whatever like support Black mm-hmm. business, uh you know cook out, do fireworks, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. and to show solidarity, um things like that. Like they need to they need to end qualifying immunity. I don't know what where that I don't know. If that's a national uh, a policy needs to be that needs to happen in a bill, or that's something that can go state by state, but as long as qualifying qualifying immunity is is there, and that um, I believe the man name was Thorne that uh, that that brought this case to the Supreme Court and he won technically, but they use it against. Like in the but the police are are, are the, in their defenses they use it as a um <clears throat> some of the how it's written by the Supreme Court Justice Rehnquist it, mm-hmm. it it allows police to get off because they're using the flash the moment the like the half a second before they shoot or before they choke somebody out or before they need somebody to death uh as as some type of escape clause like a get out of free get out of jail free clause that needs to stop that needs to end so mm-hmm. before we even talk about justice because like right now i'm looking at it like they they the, the people that killed that murdered uh Breonna taylor they might not even they might never you know see a, a courtroom because it's it, it they they're they're under they were under their law like no warrant they had a no not warrant they actually i've i've, I've heard differing stories of whether or not they it was the wrong address, the right address. From what I understand yeah. is saying it's the right address, but it was the they that they didn't have any criminal activity going in that house, so it was probably mistaken. But mm-hmm. um they they're gonna hide behind that warrant. And um like until we get some type of accountability and we destroy police here, that's the other thing. We need to dismantle police units. They're not unions. Like we we should be all good for unions. But that is not a union. That is a political super PAC. Yeah, somebody made a and it a needs point, to be destroyed. A point um, they realize like when you are in a private business and you know and just to, to protect employees, you you unionize. It makes sense. But when you have when you unionize the police, your government, you're unionizing against yourself. That doesn't make sense. So you're they they like. It's, it's, it's not even, um, it shouldn't be allowed in the first place. There's a conflict of interest just being that there's a union and you're already a part of it. I'm about to go inside, so I'm going to stop the video and mute myself. Here I am. Okay. Stop.
right. Okay. But I, I was just saying that it, that the, the the idea of having a union, the police union, um, and being unionized shouldn't be allowed just based on other other aspects of law. It's a conflict of interest, and it allows for things um, that shouldn't exist, which, like the the different ways that the police are able to. Uh, one thing that the system of the police can do is people, they don't make about a certain amount of money, um, but when they go to retire, they make uh, they make whatever they made in their last year. So these people go and they'll um, do all this overtime and inflate their, their number, their salary number. So somebody who's making 70 <coughs> can make 140, and now when they retire, that so that was their last year, and so the police have to give them 140. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a bunch of different measures that were obvious that are obvious when you understand what unions do for you. Were placed in by unions, but that doesn't help the American people. This is a government agency. This is supposed to be. This is funded by the government. This is supposed to be keeping people safe and and and, and whatnot. And that doesn't that doesn't aid in that. It does help that guy to make 140000 a year. That's great. Um, but then, but that also allows for for people to, to be in, um, in a, to, how do I want to say? It allows them to do things as police. Um, incentivizes them to do things that they should not be doing. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of things. Like, i.e., killing black unarmed black men, but like just in general, they're they're doing things and they're incentivized to do certain things that 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 we shouldn't be incentivizing our police force to do. Um, there's the there's a lot of what would exist in policing. Policing was birthed out of specifically birthed out of the concept of chasing down black men who were who were slaves get and trying to get away, and that's what the police system is birthed out of. I, there are too many. There are too many relics uh, to what it used to be that allow it to to still function in what it is now. Um, even at the point and juncture that they created the police, um, many uh, white supremacists joined it, the KKK and things of that nature infiltrated the police system at its onset. Yeah, I think that one one thing that. First, that I do want to acknowledge is that not all police is bad. Well, yeah, I, get, that is I agree. Yeah. I yeah, I get that. That is that is obvious. But I think part of the problem is that for a lot of black people, they will not call the police now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not going to be because you can because I know there have been instances where. Even um, there was a case where the guy had called the police to do a wellness check, and the to, and the wellness check that they did the, did it on the person. That person that they ended up shooting the person that they were doing the wellness check for. <laughs> I was like, like, and then like the guy who called it, he was he was really just trying to get the police to check on this man, and he was a black man, and the man and he sh- and they shot him, and. And I was like, mm-hmm. so now we can't even rely on the police to do wellness checks. Like that's how some people feel. 
Well, and so see, and that's, that because, goes to the funding of the police. There are some good police. And the thing that a lot of people fail to understand is that if the few, few or many, however many good police fail to put into check the police who are obviously bad police, there isn't really any good police. You can say you right. personally are a good policeman, but if you see something happening that should not be happening and you did nothing to stop it, you not really, like how good of a police are you, Mr. Um, we're, they're good police, I don't know. But, but I do know individuals who are police officers and I know those people as individuals to be good men. And I would hope when they have a chance on an opportunity to stop things that shouldn't be happening, that that's what they're doing. And honestly, the, the, peop the, few, the people I'm talking about, I believe would do that. The issue is there are entirely too many people who are too scared, especially because in the system that they, they exist in, the police system is frowning upon these people uh, policing themselves and making sure that they don't, that everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing. So when somebody negative is doing something, doing something they shouldn't be doing, it's nobody to stop them. Um, uh, the the you know what I'm saying internally, but then on top of that, the police are being asked to do a lot of things that don't make sense for us to ask the police to do, especially not with their their track record in general as of killing black men. That's a social issue, and we should have somebody we can call for that. The police yeah, shouldn't I, be, I think the, the police I, shouldn't be that entity. Well, I think it's interesting that you, you that you can call the police to do you know wellness checks because when I think of doing a, like a wellness check, I'm like, shouldn't you call in like a social worker or a therapist, someone who is trained to handle that? Because I saw. And this and this was just mind-boggling. I saw a picture on Facebook that said it was a sign on the front lawn. It was a sign that saying, "Hey, there is a person here who is autistic. They are nonverbal. They do not understand commands. So do not shoot. Oh, and also they are black." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Okay, now how many police officers do you know know how to de-escalate someone?" with autism. Now I've worked with people with autism and I've seen at both ends of the spectrum. It is very hard to control someone, and, the, and, this, and these were children that I was working with, it's very hard to control someone who is nonverbal and yeah. who d doesn't take two commands. So for a police officer, if they're not trained in that, they're gonna think, especially like a big black man, they're gonna think that, oh, he's a threat, I gotta shoot him. When all he was is that he's he the man is autistic and he is he doesn't understand, he doesn't know what's going on. But because the officer is not trained to handle situations like that, your answer is to shoot the man dead. So that's why I was like, why are they allowed like what how is it that we have a system where we can call police for a wellness check when they have no training? or you know the certifications or the schoolings or the, the degrees that it takes to to know how to deal with people with mental illness and, and, and the with, main reason you know, different it, different this, these different things and the main reason we have that that is happening at least a reason why i believe that's happening is because we have um inflated the funding of police to a ridiculous level because we because the feeling was oh there's crime in this black these these neighborhoods we need to go send more police we need to police them more 
which doesn't help in any of the situations. They have statistics to prove that that doesn't the the those correlations that they're, they're not there. That doesn't that's not helpful. There's way more helpful things you can do um, in those areas where um, um, where we where people have been trying to attack the problem of funding the police. If you took those same funds and stopped funding the police to uh, this ridiculous measure, you can put those funds into things like building up the neighborhood, uh, uh, building up commu building community centers, building parks, putting money into people who are trained to deal with common person who has different issues because every there are a lot of people there are people who are bipolar there are people with autism there are many different types of people and what we and what and what do we do we we just going to attack this issue which is a poverty issue with a policing uh by policing uh, impoverished people more doesn't make any sense the the a lot of the crime exists a because they funded the crime um the the people in power the, the cia its own record was put pumping crack into the um black areas to make money or whatever it is i forget the outcome what they were trying to uh, accumulate outside of just destroying our our town our our neighborhoods um but they uh <coughs> they're they're like black people don't have the the as a whole don't have the influence enough to bring in the money and drugs that the amount of money and drugs that have infiltrated our neighborhoods um it's it's, it's so you ended up funding the problem by handing us a bunch of guns and a bunch of drugs and then saying that these people are problematic and now we're going to send police at these people uh to fix the problem and you end up with what you have now you have a bunch of militarized police that there are entirely uh, too many of. They're funding them this way because they say they they believe the problem is with the people there and not with the society that they built around those people. Yeah, I mean, I I think that with the training and and putting more funds because I mean, even if you look at some of you know the programs that that are available because. I know I have friends who are social workers and I know my, my, my dad is a social worker. Like I know some of the pay that these people get. Mm -hmm. and so it's like, you're, you're putting all of it. And even with, you know, even with the officers, like, you know, not even if you're a detective or a sergeant, like even officers in some parts of the country, they're not making as much money, but no, I'm talking, they, I'm talking about they, which, which causes two problems. It, it uh you make some money you make decent amount of money that makes worthwhile for you to show up but the but it's not enough money to um weed out or entice people who are going to be better educated um um people who have a better uh understanding of the world around them if you if you have a certain amount of intelligence and a certain amount of grip on what's going on, on around you in the world, you're probably not going to go be a police officer. You're not going to endanger your life. You're not going to, um, the money is not going to be enough money. I'm intelligent. 
I have a good grasp on, on, on society and the things around the world, what am I going to become? I'm not going to become a police officer. There's a lot of other things in the world that I can go be at these. So, so you're, you're um, paying people just enough money to, to, be, to make a living, but not enough money to weed out or to be able to weed out people or entice people to come in actually that to that are going to be better suited for what you want them to do you need better educated people you need people who are, are smart you need people who can tackle problems well and they're problem solvers not just i'm going to knock somebody in the head uh but you're not doing that you're you're giving them this amount of money and then they, so that causes the problem where you're not getting the kind of people the kind of will be the the kind of people with the behavior and thought processes that you want aren't going to incentivize to, to come there that's that's what the pay level is they, they're going to go and do something else that makes more money and that and so you have that problem and now the people who are left over that you do are they're not as smart um they're not not, not every cop i'm saying that, that you're getting a bunch of people who aren't there are obviously smart cops but you're getting people, you're also attracting people who can't do anything else. That you're attracting some of these people who aren't as smart, they're not as well educated, they're not as well uh, able to cope and and whatnot. So what ends up happening, you now have got these people on and now we took the cops and we incentivized because you're only getting paid this much to do all this overtime. So now you don't just get attract some people. You, so you have some good cops in there who are smart and intelligent and do things a certain way, but you've got a whole bunch of people who aren't. And what do they, and everybody, and all of them have been incentivized by, we only make this amount to endanger our lives. I need to make more money for my family. What do I do? I'm gonna work overtime, which means, yeah, you're gonna have the, the, the nice, good, smart cop working overtime, but you got a whole bunch more bad cops like I said, was seeing this as a way to make money and and doing overtime, doing other little the little other little things that cops do to generate money that is built into the system. Um, and I think it's about and I think too it's about power because even when I was talking about you know doing wellness checks, one thing that I heard that I was and I was wondering I'm, and I wonder if some if some um, districts do this, but when people want to do a wellness check, do they do like when when the the police come out do they bring like a um like a like a a therapist or a social worker with them because because in my mind if it's a wellness check then and this is just in my mind i don't know how different or what it could turn into but i'm thinking that it's not a situation that could escalate into the need of deadly force which means now, you shouldn't be, send I, somebody out there with a gun with, with guns right so i'm saying that yes you take the like if they're calling for a wellness check your first thing should be you should have a therapist or a social worker on speed dial saying hey we have a wellness check we need you to meet us at such and such location and we're only there to protect you like just in case like i, I can understand that but you shouldn't send police because they're because that's who they're supposed to send out because the police don't have that training to deal with someone who might be autistic or bipolar or just wanting to check on 
um, so I just wanted to check on someone like you, because when you're doing a wellness check, you are checking on their well-being as a person. You are checking on their mental state. You're not going there to arrest or you're not, you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like the police are there to arrest people. Well, yes, to protect, goes, but you're not going there to like that goes shoot somebody down. It. That goes to the point of defunding them. So people are people here defunding and think we're going to get rid of all police. Although that's on the table as well. Um, people are, are mentioning to get rid of police. But the main reason now, they're saying that would police, happen now. Um, that would have you to need, happen. Because you, 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 you need some sort of, you need some sort of order. Like that's you, just the way society is. You need some sort of law and order. But, so. but, uh, but <laughs> a lot of there are, I mean, people say the size of the country. But if you just think at a, a macro level, just a small level, of each individual city and state and town doing this within themselves, you could definitely, um, well, I believe you could do things without the police as we know it today, as we have it right now. But that goes to a lot to the point of the defunding because the defunding means not simply get rid of police. It doesn't simply mean we're going to reduce the amount of police. It means we're going to reduce the reduce the amount of police. We're going to demilitarize them. We're going to take that money away. That's a lot of. That's a huge section of that money. We're going to take that now and push that into other things that that are going that are targeted to solve the problems that we're talking about. So the issue is if you if you have a set of people that you can call. Um, that aren't a bunch of men with guns and tactical gear to come out to your house or come out to the neighbors. Like the neighbor is, I'm not sure about this neighbor. I'm worried about this neighbor. I'm worried about their mental health. Um, I'm worried about whatever is, you know, whatever it is you think, can you do a check on them? The person who shows up is a person without a gun. The person who shows up is a person who is just some educated person with some therapy techniques, some, some things to help you maybe this per you know saying make sure and make sure this person's healthy you know okay this person's living conditions don't look that great or their mental state doesn't look that great and then this is what we can do around this for this person to help them out because that, i would imagine because i feel like i would imagine because e even with myself because i'm not around police officers that much like even when i do see a police like if i'm at the store and i see a police officer like in the grocery line and stuff, and I see that he has his gun on on him. It it kind it puts, of it 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 intimidates me, or it puts it me puts like I can edge. feel it puts me on edge. So and 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 this is speaking as a person who doesn't you know have who is who, who I don't have any mental health issues. So it's like, how would that person? How would somebody feel if they are bipolar or someone has autism or whatever other mental health issues? Like, how would that make? How does that make them feel? If they're already if they're already having an episode and you're afraid that they're going to hurt you or or themselves and you call the police and then they see the police and see these people that have guns and tasers and spray to me I would think that that would um make the make the person even worse so that's why I'm saying like instead of you know, yes, send out the police to protect the therapist or the social worker, but send somebody else other than 
police who is trained to kind of help de-escalate the situation. The I don't even I don't even think you need to send the police. People, men with guns on them should be called when you are worried about men with guns. It's just like, it doesn't make any sense. We're calling police on who? A, uh, a guy who is uh, selling, who is, is selling loose cigarettes? That doesn't sound like a police issue where you need to send a man with a gun. Um, you have a man with a gun patrolling and pulling up on a young man in a gray hoodie with Skittles in his pocket. Doesn't sound like a situation with a gun and he wasn't even police. Uh, you have uh, a man with a counterfeit, an account of a situation where we think there might be counterfeit money. Doesn't matter whether there is or not. Even if there was counterfeit money, do you need a, a gun, a gun for that person who has a piece of paper in his hand? You really don't. So, uh, honest. So, if you sp so one person put it on um, a podcast, a guy, uh, a, a comedian named Andrew Schultz, who says a lot of wild stuff, but he, he also does a, he's, he's satire, so he says a lot of crazy stuff. But he's getting to a, a greater point, and the point he made is that saying defunding because yes, there are the people who think we should give it to police altogether, and I'm not adverse to that. That had would have to be done in a very specific manner, in a manner gradually where we find solutions for the people who are out there with guns, who we want to, to stop. There are men running around the streets with a gun. You need to stop those men from running around the streets with guns who don't, aren't doing anything positive with those weapons. Yes, you would need somebody like a police officer to go get that guy. But in most of these situations, <clears throat> we have we have people dying in situations when, when an unarmed man di is dying, it's probably because the man who's armed is going after somebody who's not even a situation where you need to be worried about a gun. Who's, how many people are selling loose cigarettes that are carrying around guns? I, I'm not, I don't have, if I don't have money, I'm not wasting money on a gun. If I'm trying to sell I loose think... cigarettes, I'm not obviously, you see what I'm saying? I'm not, yeah. nobody sells enough loose cigarettes to buy guns. But guns cost a lot, especially on the street. You're not, that's not what's happening. So if a person who's counterfeiting money isn't usually a guy running around with a bunch of weapons on him, he's usually running around with a bunch of things that are indicative of somebody who counterfeits. You see what I'm saying? So and I think, I think what's saying, interesting. And so anyways, I just want to say what he said. He, he said we should, start, instead of, he said we need to rebrand the defunding. And, and perhaps call it something else. And his idea was specializing the police, whatever it is, which is it's not super inaccurate, but there needs to be a specialization of our, uh, our, our way of coming against pro uh, problems of people who are doing something illegal. The, this one size fits all of sending a man with a gun into a situation um that does not necessarily that that most likely doesn't need a gun doesn't make sense you you, you these these cops have become a catch-all so that we're sending them in situations where they need guns sure but we're also sending them in situations where we don't need guns we're sending them in situations where are is mental health checks you see what i'm saying like we're sending they, they've become too we've become too broad with what we want these guys to accomplish it doesn't make sense if you don't want to get rid of police altogether and having a set, a set of men with guns who are called in 
when things escalate to a, mm-hmm. a, a, a level that you don't want it to, understandable. Those guys uh, sit on call, they sit at home or like like firemen, they all sit there for a time, a, a time span um, on shifts or whatever. And when we need you, we call you. Until then, we call somebody else who's more, if it's a mental health issue, we call for that. If it's a social worker issue, we call somebody about that. And if we take the funding out of police, so you don't need so many uh, police, uh, then what would happen is you could fund some of these other ways of tackling these problems and perhaps have a lot less dead unarmed black men. And, and, and other people, because this doesn't just, this affects black men and we're talking about how it affects our community because it affects our community uh, disproportionately. We're not saying, we're not talking about it because it doesn't affect any, it affects everybody. It's just, a lot of people think, well, we're talking about it because of the black issue. Yeah, because it's disproportionate. Um, um, but it helps everybody to tackle the police problem. Yeah. There because are I feel like with police brutality, who are dying unnecessarily, or even not even dying, but the way that police have handled people, like you have, I've heard, exactly. story, I've I've seen stories of when police are like throwing old women out of their own houses and arresting old women, like they're old women, like how is how are they a threat? Why do you feel like you need to handcuff them and hurt them? They are old women. What are they going to do to you? Same thing with children. You are handcuffing children. Like why? They're eight. Why are you? Why are you? Why are you feel like you I've seen to- somebody put a child in? It wasn't exactly a chokehold. It was some kind of um, maneuver. It had his arms pinned behind his back. The, the boy was all of twelve or thirteen. He wasn't a danger to no grown man. He was. You know, was a kid. He was small. Yeah. And you got two cops. And somebody uh, was videotaping and, tell, uh, and trying to say, yo, this is wrong. Stop doing that to the boys. Stop doing that in this video. And um, uh, I don't know what the kid was had done. The kid was in the video. I will admit the kid was boisterous. Um, you might say he was disrespectful to the cops. Disrespect doesn't mean you get to beat somebody up. Right. Um, and I think, too, sometimes people... Issue, because if two human beings have a domestic issue where we are arguing of somebody, does not mean I get to beat somebody up because I disagree with them or because they are disrespectful. So now I get automatically get to punch you in the face just because you said, uh, yo, your shirt is ugly. That's not, that's not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If some little 12 year old is calling you a pig um, and you're a police officer, sure. You might not appreciate that comment, calling you a pig. I got it. Cool. You're a cop. That's a derogatory way thing upon police. Uh, I'm not crying for you, but I, I do get that. You might be upset about that. You don't get to grip the kid up because of some disrespectful comment. That's not helping any anybody. Uh, or that's, It's definitely not helping, you know what I'm saying, you look any better. Because now you look like exactly what we're saying. You're abusing your power. Mm-hmm. The, the, the reason you have the authority and the power is not to hit knuckleheads who has said something ignorant to you. It's not to grab up people who are 
yes, doing something that might be criminal, but it's not endangering anybody's life. But the goal of you having a gun specifically is to keep you safe from other people who have guns. Because sometimes criminals have guns. And if the criminal is a criminal who is robbing people at gunpoint, then I expect the person with the gun to show up to stop them. If the person is passing along a piece of paper and saying, telling you that this piece of paper is money, I don't expect you to show up and choke him out, hit him, shoot him, and all the things that have actually have happened, um, which is the reason for this, whole, this little podcast, is like, that's not, that's not helpful to anybody. It's not, it's not contributing to making things beneficial. And this is why people are calling for the defunding. And I, I think uh, appropriately calling for the defunding of police. It definitely, if nothing else, need to be demilitarized. There's no reason I, why they should have some of the weapons and some of the, the gear and artillery that they have. I don't understand what it's, what, most of the time it's sitting around collecting dust doing nothing. You don't usually need that amount of stuff. If you did, we have National Guard. We have other avenues. We don't need our police, our day-to-day police who are supposed to be serving the community. Um, walking around with guns. It doesn't make me feel safe. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting that um, like you you're you're kind of laying out what like in the situations where someone was shot, where you know a black person was you know choked out and stuff, is interesting because I think I heard somebody say this on Facebook. Okay, if we take all of these incidences. If we take it and we say that none of these people were black, say all these people were white people, how do you think people will respond? Then, these, then, these police are out of control. Yeah, they're saying they're out of control. But I think on the flip side of that, they would also say that, oh, this would they would have never this would probably never happen. But a situation wouldn't have happened first. I mean, there's, there are probably a few instances that are I'm sure because you know, everything exists in this world. As you can think of it, it exists. I'm sure it's happened, but it's definitely not happened on the scale um, that it's happened to black people. It's disproportionate. And that's really one of the major problems is that um, it's not fair if you are 14% of the population. And Let's include some of the Hispanics because the Hispanic people a lot of times are joined with our community, but you know, black of our community. Uh, what ends up happening because they live a lot of them live in areas we live in. These people who are black and brown, um, who now if you add their community, how what that percentage is now, sort of twenty something. The the amount of people that are getting harmed. Is way high is at a way higher rate than the white people getting harmed. If it was the same rate, I don't think it would cause a lot of stir. Um, but when you see the black the population of black people in jails is at 35, 30 something percent, but yet we only make up 14 percent of the population. Why is the population of the prison so high? Uh, Black people are convicted at a much higher rate. 
um, even though there are more white people committing crimes, statistically, there's, there's a larger number of white people and a larger number of white people committing crimes, but there isn't a larger amount of white people in jail or prison. There isn't a larger yeah. amount, the, the, the percentage of them getting harmed isn't, isn't higher. Do you see what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, something, is, so something is not matching up. <laughs> but again, I think even with us talking about, you know, p- police brutality, the thing that's there are things that need to change in terms of policy from the top down. Um, I think that in terms of for people to understand why we need to, why pe- to understand why people are protesting, why are we, you know, why we're saying Black Lives Matter, why are we pushing for people to support um, Black owned businesses, why we are doing all of this, why does Bird Owl? consulting even exist because at the end of the day in order for change to happen people need to educate themselves people need to be open to wanting to learn wanting to understand people's differences like not and not trying to say all this stuff about oh I don't see color no you need to see the color you need to see and embrace the differences of people different cultures different backgrounds embrace those people don't say that you don't see color because when you say that you don't see color you are also still part of the problem. Because when you say that you don't see color, when you say you don't see color, then you are saying that our experiences, out the problems of uh, black and brown people, of people of color do not exist. Exactly. When they, when, when they do, you can't just say that, oh, I don't see color. And, and that's the reason why I wanna have this talk today because I wanted to get perspective from, from you, Will, and from your brother, uh, Brian, and just to get, um, to help people kind of understand like why we're doing what we're doing, why we're posting what we're posting and what can you do to continue. And again, some of the things that we talked about before is to read up about anti-racism, read, find different resources. I will uh, continue to blog about different ways that you can um, find out more resources, whether it's books, whether it's podcasts, whether it's uh, letting you know with some museums <laughs> that you can visit. Um, we have a lot of great black museums out in this country. So, you know, try to do try to do your research. I know that we are in a pandemic right now and a lot of places are closed, but a lot of museums, they have online resources. And um, I mean, we, we have the internet, we have social media. You, you have the information at your fingertips. You just have to make the point to do what it is in order to educate yourself. Um, and that's part of the reason why I have this podcast as well. Um, but I wanted to make this kind of a special episode because of what is everything going on. I want to address what was going on. And so what's going to happen next is hopefully um, my plan is um, to actually bring back Bird Hour, Bird's Eye View for um, a second season. And we're going to have um, different guest speakers. And hopefully the first episode will probably drop sometime in August. So I'm actually working now on recording and trying to figure out some more topics and really make it more engaging for you guys. Um, Also, if you have not had a chance, please check out my social media. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Just type in Bird Owl Consulting and I will pop up. Um, Actually, today I launched my my merch website where you can find different t-shirts and book bags and mugs and things like that. And so I have, actually I have one shirt on called Pretty Black and Educated. 
this shirt was actually designed by Will Davidson, who is a graphic oh, designer. Hey, I know that guy. Yeah, <laughs> who actually um, designed the t-shirt. But I have other things on the website as well. So if you want to support um, the podcast, you want to support um, me and my business, then feel free to head over to my website um, and purchase something. Um, I also wanted to thank Will um, Davidson for being on the podcast today and tell people where they can find you and some of your work. Oh, you can um, most easily get to me on um, Instagram uh, at KingPower29 and um, also designed by Willpower. That's Design X Willpower. Uh, um, my business page. Um, both of those should be have nice, easy, accessible links to take you to um, my website or take you to. Uh, clothing site where I do have certain things on sale, like this little guy right here, little uh, but I have other stuff on there available um, to purchase if you want to support black business, um, which I hope you do. <laughs> um, and and because I think yeah, and I think Brian had to um cut out, but um. If for Brian hit him and hit his podcast um, on a ride up, he does co-host that with his friend um, T and they like to talk about sports and they also talk about things of that pertain to black culture. So feel free to check them out. You can also find them on Instagram and Facebook at on the ride up. Um, so I highly recommend that podcast as well. So that's going to be it for today and you can always if you have any topics that you want me to talk about or questions or comments you can always email me at birdowlconsulting at gmail.com and you can also find me on my website you can look at my blog so um, i'm going to be posting more um, blog posts there uh, you can again find me on social media so feel free to uh, like and follow and share share this podcast uh, should share this on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube page, and I will hopefully see you guys next time. So thank you.